AG1 is a comprehensive and convenient blend of over 70 high quality ingredients. And what that means is each morning when I wake up, before I do anything else, I drink AG1 to set me up for the day. It keeps me clear headed, full of energy and focused on whatever I need to do, like writing the fighting cock, for example. One scoop once a day before breakfast and that's it. I've actually found that I've not been needing coffee in the morning to get me started. I've still been drinking coffee because I love coffee, but it's not because it's like a necessity to do so. AG1 is made out of the highest quality ingredients subject to the strictest manufacturing standards. AG1 is NSF certified for sport and this process involves exhaustive testing and verification that every serving of AG1 is exactly what you see on the label. If you want to take ownership of your health, try AG1 and get a free one year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs for your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com forward slash the fighting cock. That's drinkag1.com forward slash the fighting cock to get started. And to help the podcast. Thank you very much. Have a great day and enjoy the show. GG Poker is the biggest online poker site and they have more players than any other on the internet. Why play anywhere else? They have a wide range of games and unique features that you just can't find on any other site. GG Poker run huge tournaments with big prize pools and they hold the record for the biggest ever prize pool on an online poker tournament. There are games for all players at all skill levels, whether you're new to poker or a seasoned pro, including cash games and exciting tournaments like Bounty Hunters and Sunday Majors. GG Poker offer popular games like Texas Hold'em and Omaha to unique games like All In or Fold and Spin and Gold. New players that make their first deposit get £60 in free play, 18 plus, new UK players only, minimum deposit is £10, full terms and conditions apply, begambleaware.org and please play responsibly. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters' coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. GEICO asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, GEICO can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners' or renters' coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast-
podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's the fight in. It's the fight in. Clock. It's the fight in. It's the fight in. Oh, media they kind of they try to define themselves by their opinions and they like to go early with their opinions i don't give a fuck about being right or wrong that this is how i feel today and that's what i'm going to say today if i change my mind next week get over it um but steven bergwine shit <laughs> i mean other other than the steven bergwine bit the point you make there is sound though because i feel that that's that's basically the specter that's loomed over harry kane for most of his career in that most of the press went early in saying that, oh, this is quite nice for half a season. He's a he's yeah. a talented young lad, but, you know, he'll probably fade into obscurity. And the fact he's gone on to be an absolute monster has made mm. a lot of people look quite stupid. So I think they've been desperate. Any sign of weakness in him to just jump on it and be like, you know... And it happens to all good players anyway, but I think with him in particular, there is this sort of level of... I don't know, confirmation bias of it, where people are just desperate for him to, like, fall off the wagon. I think a lot of Spurs fans are guilty of that as well. They dive on mm. him straight away the second he's not, like... What, yeah. What's been interesting, right, is that people are, during this these Euros, they've been talking to me, because obviously I'm mixed with a lot of fans from other clubs doing the work I do and that, and they, they're going, well, what's happened to Harry Kane? And I was like, what do you mean? Well, why isn't he playing for England like he plays for Spurs? I'm like, this Harry Kane has periods like this at Spurs. He's not. I think people have an idea of what Harry Kane is, and he's this absolutely unstoppable monster, never puts a foot wrong. But as Spurs fans, we know that isn't true. We know that he's human. He's incredible. He's the best striker I've ever seen with my own eyes, certainly at Spurs. But he has a couple games off every now and then. He might go three or four games without scoring, and that's what's happened here. But at fans of England... They're like, well, what, what, what's wrong with him? Nothing's wrong with him. Nothing's wrong with him. Yeah, I didn't help. I mean, it also helps when he plays with Spurs is that everything is planned around getting him on the ball, which makes complete sense. Anyway, did score yesterday. This is Fighting Cup podcast, the Euro special. Thought we wouldn't have to do these now because I'm pretty much convinced that Germany are going to beat England. And mm-hmm. um, until the game started, Cal, yeah, how, how, how did you feel going into the game? Did you anticipate that England were going to get through? I've had a good feeling about it pretty much all week. I thought, yeah, we're going to do them. I just felt like they're not... Mainly because Germany aren't the force that they were. I'm not saying that to shit on our win. I was fucking delighted as anybody that we won. But they're not the team that they were when they won the World Cup, obviously. Mm. Um, But because of that, I thought, no, we're going to win. And... There's always that thing in tournament football about growing into a tournament, and just because you don't start great doesn't mean you can't win it. See and it a lot. The group, sorry, you see it a lot. You see it often, lots of tournaments that teams that don't start impressively well in mm. um, in the group stages often go if they're like you know a big side with a lot of good players, even if they're not playing well, it doesn't mean that they won't go on and do something in the tournament. Mm. Yeah, absolutely, and that's exactly it. And you know, the Scotland game wasn't great, but you know what? That was Scotland's World Cup final and we didn't need to win that. We got the point and that guaranteed us going through. Um, and so now we're at a place... Where, so going into the game, I was thinking, yeah, I was a bit nervous because Germany are a good side and they've got a lot of good players. But 
I fancied us, I did. And um, how about you, Jack, going into it? Because the thing was, it wasn't just England versus Germany. It was whoever wins this game on paper has a, a pretty easy run to the final of this competition. Um, so there was, it was even more at risk here. There's not only, you know, was there losing to Germany, which is always tough as an England fan, but it was also losing that opportunity of one of the most favourable runs to a final that I can remember, certainly for England. Yeah, um, I mean, that's that's it, mate, isn't it? I mean, a lot of it is psychological, isn't it? We've, we've sort of seen, I think, like Cal makes a good point there that Germany aren't the team they once were. I think it was Charlie Parrish on Twitter said that they're sort of now internationally, they're almost a bit like Real Madrid in that, like, they're not who they were, but they've still got a few good players and you still would back them to sharp on the day. So it's still a great result for England, but... It's the it's the psychological element. We we've known this. We've been, you know, over the past few years. I guess we've met in the middle now, but we've been much better than Arsenal. But it was still such a big hurdle for us to get over to sort of be consistently beating them and contesting with them when we probably should have been under sort of the Modric Bale era. But we still were kind of you know we had those sort of horrible five two losses and stuff to them because they were still in our heads and. You know, there was that moment, wasn't there, yesterday, when Muller when Muller went through. Mm. I was just like, ah, oh, if they equalise now, we're yeah. going to lose it. Like we're going to we're going to lose our asses, and mm. this is it. This is this is where it all happens again. You know, this mm. is the moment we lament, and Raheem Sterling faces loads of shit in the press for one misplaced pass, and but we didn't. We got through, and like you say, yeah, it's a favourable run to the end now. Um, I just hope that we don't underestimate that it, it seemed to be that Southgate was very quick to point that out wasn't he afterwards that like yeah. we're not in the final yet you know yeah no that, that's true but you know what's coming you absolutely know what's coming right yeah <laughs> we, we know, Spurs fans we know the rest of the world don't know yet but we absolutely know as Spurs fans what comes what, what happens when we play Ukraine and it will show it will show you their um where they are mentally and I do sort of buy a lot into this idea that these young players and it was a sort of rhetoric that was put out from the England camp over and over again the amount of times I've heard Foden or Shaw or even Harry Kane saying I barely remember the game when England got knocked out I wasn't even born then you know what I mean so there was this idea constantly put out that we're not this current crop of players aren't infected with the doubt that the previous generations of England players were or had. And um, and and I wonder if that sort of youthful exuberance and that cocksureness and the, you know, belief in themselves is not only going to get us past Germany and the hoodoo that was put to rest there, but also win when we're expected to win. Like, go to go to Rome... Take on Ukraine, show your quality and your lack of fear and your belief in yourself, and you should win that game. Just as Spurs fans, you just think, "Fuck, we're going to go there and we're going to get done because everyone expects us to win." Yeah. Um, what do, have you got? Any fear or trepidation going into that, um, Cal? No, <laughs> it kind of feels like the the Denmark quarterfinal last time, where they're a good side, but we're a better side. And we should win it. And like you said, the manager, you know, Gareth Southgate has grounded the play straight away. Harry Kane, 
uh, was, you know, carrying the same message as Captain. Uh, he's obviously desperate to win things, uh, and this would be a great thing for him to win. Um, these, these, and you made a good point there, Lav, that these players aren't burdened by the old stuff, by the, yeah. all the history and all of that. And it, but it, but at the same time. It was important. The, the game was important to them. You saw Declan Rice and how he was speaking before the game about how they really, really wanted to win it because it's Germany. Because there is that history, but they're not. They didn't live it, I guess. So they're, they're not quite as burdened. It's also really interesting as well. I saw a clip of Paul Scholes talking about um, talking about the, this current England team, and I don't really like Paul Scholes as a pundit. I think he's fucking brain dead, to be honest. But um, <laughs> it just doesn't he say. Does. <laughs> does come across as a bit of a moron. He does. I can't believe anybody thought he was going to be a good manager. It's just mental well, to me. That well, the other thing is, like, the producers of the show, like, Jack and I would know, right, they have producers behind these shows and they're making decisions about guests and whatnot. Mm. And Paul Scholes is on once, on whatever it might be, on Sky. Yeah. And then one of them goes... Should we get him back on? No, <laughs> don't get him back on. He's shit. He sounds like a moron. He's, he's thick as shit. He's, he's, he's the one, isn't he? When he shows up early, they'll be like, "Go on, one of you go and talk to him for a bit." Like, <laughs> it's half an hour till we start. Rec- no, he's fine. Just leave him. Skim some biscuits or something. You know, right? I'm going to be really on it. Wait, wait, uh, no, actually, I'm not going to drop the names. It's not fair. But there was a guy, an ex-footballer we used to work with at Ball Street, and he would turn up so early. <laughs> and, and, and the problem is is you might be thinking oh, that's great you, you've got work to do you've got a whole work a, a, a mm. day's work that you've got to complete videos that need to go out editing that needs to be done and then you've just got this Premier League footballer who's really early and you, well, you can't leave him on his own mm. you've, got, you've got to do something with him but you've also got work to do you've got, so you'd have to take turns on going in and sitting can, and talking can you give us a clue who it was he used to play Spurs oh. he used to play for Spurs mm. And mm. he know he's a retired Premier League footballer. He also played for Wolves. That's all you get. Oh, I know uh, who it is. It's not Jamie O'Hara. <laughs> 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 uh, I'll tell you after because it's a bit mean. So I don't want. I, 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 yeah, I, we'll, yeah, we'll move on. Um, what about uh, <laughs> what about the uh, team selection? You know, we've got this such beautifully talented, exciting, young, attractive. You know, physically attractive to to a large part, but also just you know, full of flair and and guile and 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 talent and an exciting way of playing football. Potentially, we could have in this England side. But what Southgate is insisting on doing is making us hard to beat first, and we haven't conceded a goal in four games, which is incredible. You think you know Germany put four past Portugal, um, Croatia scored six in um, in two games in the group games. And England have just you know, prevented, and Pickford especially had, had a big, big part to play yesterday. But he's made, he's made, he's made it a very kind of pragmatic approach. And our very sort of most skillful players have had bit parts, or uh, were, were, you know, only one of them would play. You know, Sterling's one; he's going to start regardless. But it's either been Saka, Foden, or Grealish. When I think all of us wanted to see all three of them on on the pitch at, at one stage, it's probably not the most sensible thing to do. What what do you make about his take going you know going into the tournament, Cal? Um, I was a bit yesterday. I was thinking I kind of thought we needed to be a bit more attacking and play Mount uh, instead of Phillips. Um, but because you know uh, Mount had a bit of a spitting party with Billy Gilmore the other week, that it kind of <laughs> yeah, just gobbling each other's mouths. Yeah, just go. Oh, I miss you, Bill. <laughs> um, but 
But because because of that, I don't think that Mount would have been matched. Should, uh, should we get Foden in? Yeah, yeah, go on. In. Hey, Phil, come here. <laughs> Just gobbing on each uh, other. There's COVID everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, but do you, do you think do you think he should have just let them go and, and, and played them, or do you think it was tactical? Nah, I think I think we got. I think we have to give credit to Southgate, really. And I'm not his biggest fan at all. I haven't been, but do you know what? Fair play, he got it right. We were solid. We needed it to be solid. Germany, like we said before, Germany is still a very very good team. Um, and I think he got it right. I think he got it right. And if necessary, he could have brought. He brought what he did. He brought on Grealish to kind of you know open it up, and he got the assist for the second goal. So I think it. I think it worked. Jack. Yeah, I, I like. I mean, I, I agree with what you're saying. It's like you know, you, you kind of see all these this sort of embarrassment of riches that England have, and you sort of think, oh god, fucking! I want to see like Foden and Mount and Sancho and all of them sort of link up. But then maybe that's where England have always gone wrong in the past. You know, always trying to. We had for years. Should we play Gerrard or Lampard or Skulls or this or that when? Uh, there could have been a case to be made that like Michael Carrick was probably one of the best players that missed out on that generation that could have mm. done a lot for England. So um, we always see, don't we? Like, you know, Germany's a prime example of a team that never really looks the flashiest, but mm. they're just solid and turn up to a tournament and just get the job done. Portugal at the last Euros as well. Again, a, a team with sort of a wealth of attacking talent, but... It, they, I, th- I believe, anyway, in the last Euros. I mean, I don't even know why I'm making this point. I base this on nothing. I'm going to have like <laughs> team like sheets it. thrown at me. But, but I, from what I remember, is they were a lot more boring last time. And this time, it seemed like they were a team that would try to put all their best players onto onto the pitch, and they just never really clicked. Never looked that it's good. Balance in it. Yeah, I mean balance. the French as well. Not, you know, he knows that well. the thing is, Southgate knows. He knows. Like it may not be the kind of football you want, but it feels like. If I feel more confident in his game management, like, and I say that game by game, than mm. I ever have done under any England manager ever. And and I and I, there's a difference, you know. If people, a lot of people are saying like, if he was if he was available for Spurs, would you want Southgate? I reckon ninety percent of us wouldn't want him. Mm. Um, and and I I can understand why because he hasn't got any club level experience. I think he was at Middlesbrough when he was thirty five was given the job, so that doesn't really count. And then, um, and then he did the under twenty ones, did well with them, and then was given the England job. And there's some managers that are perfectly suited for international football and tournament management. And given the fact that he's gone through so much of it, including I think it was a cup run to the final with Middlesbrough, I think in the UEFA Europa League or UEFA Cup or whatever it was back then. So he understands tournament football. Yeah. And I don't care who he plays. I don't give a shit. If it is Greedish, Foden, Saka, Kane, I don't care if Kane is dropped and they put Calvert Lewin up top or Rashford. I don't give a shit if we win. I don't care. No. I, do, you, I, do you know what one of the turning points for me was, I think, is seeing kind of the Czech Republic and Croatia respectively both do quite well in the round of 16. I mean, Czech yeah. Republic obviously very well. Yeah. Croatia did that. And then sort of like when we look back at our group and we kind of see that we just we finished up of the group didn't concede any goals but everyone was still sort of digging us out because it was a bit boring or we looked a bit pedestrian and I was just as guilty of that but then when you actually look at how dangerous teams like the Czech Republic and Croatia can actually be that was sort of the point at which I was like fuck maybe maybe we're actually all right you know because we sort of dispatched them yeah we we were pedestrian we didn't look that good but they never really bothered us either like 
and we just we were in control of pretty much all the games in the group, other than the Scotland game, which, as Cal said already, was Scotland's Cup final. It was us against West Ham. It was Tottenham West Ham, wasn't it? Yeah, and it was right. a, a, quite a kind of edgy, edgy game. Like, like we've talked about this before, but the, Scot- the reaction to the Scotland performance was well over the top. Well, well Massively. over the top. Better yeah, chances man. came to us. We should have beat them. We didn't. And and it was like, like I've said, like I said, I'll just repeat it. It was like we, I'd, I'd witnessed peak fucking Barcelona, you know, Pep Guardiola's mm. Barcelona. <laughs> That's what the way the Scottish fans and, and 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 the same thing for Wales, right? And the other thing, I don't know what, what, where if you guys have noticed this, but when when England went out, the Welsh fans and their players celebrated mentally. They went mm. crazy. Out of the, do you remember mm. the Welsh dressing room? They're watching England getting knocked out to Croatia, and they went crazy. Mm. So why can't yeah. we dig out Scottish or Welsh people or, or fans? Why can't we do that if they're if they're digging digging us out? Why can't what, what, why do we have to, as as a as a nation have to take the moral high ground? <laughs> I, 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 I don't get it. About- I think it's about, and I, I agree with you, I think we should be allowed to dig out Scotland and Wales if they dig us out. I think fair's fair. But I think it's that element of punching down. So there's like that thing in humour. <laughs> That's even more insulting, surely, though. Yeah, but they are. Wales is a glorified village, like, and I'm, I'm <laughs> you know. Did, did you see the Dutch my, press my, say that? Did they? <laughs> there was this, this one Dutch, there was like this big headline in it boiled the piss of like Welsh Twitter all uh, all, <laughs> all over it because he he'd like yeah one of like Holland's big sort of columnists wrote this piece that was like we're as bad as Wales and they're not even a real country <laughs> <laughs> I think that was like on the Dutch Daily Mail or something like that <laughs> amazing um oh, I uh, oh. just just for the record I don't know if you guys have got your own disclaimers lined up but my granddad and a large portion of my family are Welsh, and I'm about a quarter Welsh, so I can I'm say whatever I like Welsh. about my yeah. about my people. I'm actually more Welsh than I am anything else. I'm a third Welsh, and I'm two percent Southern Chinese. Um, so <laughs> I did I did one of those DNAs. I'm 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 uh, I'm Jewish as well, apparently. Nice. Yeah. So I'll leave that one there. But uh, Jack, yours, you're um, a bit Argentinian, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, I've got some argument. There's loads of Welsh people in Argentina, actually, randomly. So maybe I've ah. got. Yeah, I've got. A bit. So basically, we can say whatever yeah. we want about Welsh and yeah. yeah. Welsh. <laughs> sheep shaggers. <laughs> <laughs> I, to, to, you know, I'm allowed to say it. Sorry. Yeah, I'm, they're my people. The, uh, the the thing is, is that I might. Um, yeah, I'm not not one for like the home nations and like I want them all to do well. They're not. They're 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 our opponents. That's the beauty of football. The only the only other team I've got a second team in this one. If England go out, then I'll follow Switzerland because one because of what they did the other night. But the other thing was um, my missus is uh, Swiss as well, so I've got that. Um, is she? Yeah, well, she's born in Switzerland. She has a Swiss uh, passport. Okay. She, she she had to have she had to fill out one of those leave to remain whatever it's called for otherwise she's going to be kicked out because of Brexit. Oh raw! So I'd have had to move to Switzerland. That'd be all right. Chocolate oh, tax evasion. It's all good. <laughs> no, I know, you know. <laughs> been, been to Switzerland. Beautiful. Absolutely stunning place. Um, you, doesn't is that where the Yodel... No, it's Austria, isn't it? Yodeling. Oh, or right. is it Switzerland? Well, you can't just throw any, any stereotype out and go, I think that's right. You know what I mean? That's what I do, mate. This is why all the other countries hate us. Because yeah. we never, yeah. we never bother racist. to... 
<laughs> yeah, we're all racist. We don't know anything about any other countries and we don't bother learning any other languages. It's just like, no, you lot speak English and I'm just going to say it extra loud. <laughs> and then and then when people call us out on that, we're like, well, you say that we all wear bowler hats. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like, <laughs> cling on to anything that's like, yeah. well, we, we face discrimination as well. We're always the baddies in films. <laughs> you think we're all posh. We, um, it is weird that when Americans do our accent, they always do like a sort of faux posh accent, don't mm. they? It's weird. Um, and I, I suppose English people do like a deep south. Boy! Don't they? Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, speaking of problematic chance, um Ginger Bobas in the sky Frank What you um what you, I always felt uncomfortable with that song. I thought it found made us sound a bit stupid. My granddad would have hated it and he fought in the war, so I don't know Jack I'm, I can't imagine you like it much. I just I find it a bit boring more than anything, mate. Like I think obviously I mean I get it. If you if you want to go like really deep on it, yeah, you know it's it's problematic for many reasons. But most of it, I just I, honestly, I just find it a bit boring. Like, just think sort of like just enjoy shithousing them, enjoy kind of the rivalry in a footballing sense. Um, and I, I just think it's it's sort of ironic for the for the fact that a lot of the people that probably boo the knee because they say that politics should be kept out of football. I'll probably be happy to sing that sort of shit as well. So, yeah, hundred percent. And you know, yeah. If you want, I was going to say, if you want to go even deeper, is that the very premise, the part of the reason why the RF was shooting German bombers out the sky was because of you know the fascism and racism, and mm. the the very against the very message that people want to send out when they're booing the league. Anyway, this is complicated and um, a bit a bit heavy for half eleven in the morning. Or maybe I'm not being an ally. ally. Maybe I should keep going. Sh- sh- do, you, do you want to hear my problematic opinion on this, though? Go on. Go on. The, the, yes. the, one, the one thing I will say, right, is that I, I, I know, and this isn't what about her, I think there's a lot of problems with, like, England and the UK and everything like that in general. But one of the things I have seen quite a lot on Twitter and the discussion around it is this sort of, like, fetishizing of Germany as being, like, somewhere free from any of this shit, any of this sort of jingoism and nationalism and bullshit at the same time. Mm. It's like everybody has their problems, you know? So, like, don't just be so quick to just say that, like, this is just a uniquely English problem. I think there's a larger, grand-scale problem in Europe in general at the moment. That's just complete gammon what about her, isn't it? No, no, that's 100%. No, no, I I think that people do... do, um... They do look at Germany and think that this is a a um, you know bastion of, of of how a country should be run, and they've got loads of great stuff. You know, they've got uh, healthcare, they've got um, free education, free university education. Um, you know, they're probably the most stable economy in the. But then they also have an opposition party that's a fascist party. So exactly, you know. but you don't hear about that sort of stuff typically unless you go digging. Whereas we're confronted day by day just by living in our society. Uh, uh, with the problems that every country has, and so you think that your problems are are much worse here than than they are elsewhere. But um, what was good about anyway? Let's move on. What what, what it was good? About <laughs> about yesterday, <laughs> what was good about yesterday was um, those fans, even if they're you know if there was yeah singing songs that some people get upset by. There, there were fans in the stadium, and it sounded full. And even though it was only half full, the roar. Especially when Harry Kane and Sterling, the Sterling one was great, but the Kane one was because like it's done, 
we've won mm. and the, the just mm. the the emotion is what I miss from from football and part of the reason why I've really enjoyed watching England in, in the Euros is because the fans have been back in I reckon part of it what, what what did you what did you make of the return of fans and how important is it Kel? my brother was there the fuck oh what which yeah. one yeah uh, my younger brother Jake, uh, he's a massive wrestling nerd. And uh, any funny stories uh, about him? Every time, Cal's got mental stories about his brothers. Just no, he's the one that he's the one that came up with the Twitter with the stripper joke. Go it was on, his explain line. The, explain, Jack, Jack will love this. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so, so, by the way, this is the fighting cock, right? This is not the the other podcast. This is going out. If you don't want to say it, that's fine. Uh, this is uh, like, I love this. Okay, so um, so I've got four brothers. Um, we when there's no half brothers or anything. We're all same parents. And uh, for about the last uh, twelve years of my dad's life, I didn't have a relationship with him. I didn't talk to him or have anything to do with him. We just didn't get along. Um, and so my brother <laughs> would say to me. <laughs> Every now and again, because all the all my other brothers did have a relationship with him, or this one did in particular. And he, every now and again, he'd bring it up and go, "Ooh, daddy issues. What are you gonna do? Be a stripper?" <laughs> <laughs> Just what he's going on about. He hasn't about talked the... to his. He hasn't talked to his dad in twelve years, and his brother's sympathetic angle was, "Ooh, you got daddy issues. What are you gonna do? Grow up to be a stripper?" <laughs> Yeah, you're gonna change your name to Destiny. Are you gonna be a stripper? And then, uh, but it's a great line. It's a great line. Yeah, I couldn't a, hate on it. Yeah, belt. and yeah, it is a belting line. And then, is it one then, of those where you want to be angry, but you're like, that's that's just really good. It's a good. Do you know what? It's, yeah. the, it's a good line. But then, my dad died, and so then the tables turned, and I became I became <laughs> the one with the bars. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ! All right, um, yeah, he was there. Then he enjoyed himself. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was, yeah. It was just after that. It was like I, I got the upper hand after that. Um, because it's, it's just like, ooh, orphan. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't even carry on the mad jokes. I mean, do you ever get tired of football? <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah, let's talk about the football. Um. But yes, he did have a good time at the football. Um, yeah, he did. He said the atmosphere. <laughs> he said the, he said the atmosphere was mental. He said, "Oh my god, I've never heard an atmosphere like it before." He said it was fucking crazy. Um, one thing I did want to talk about actually was um, I think you're right about the fans. The fans coming back just makes it kind of next level. But the t- the togetherness of the team uh, of the players, and that was the point I was making before I started digging out Paul Skulls. Mm. Um, the Paul Scholes made the point of this team seemed much more together than we were, the, the golden generation. He said we were so obsessed with our club rivalries that we really? just couldn't. Yeah, that's what he said. He said we were so, we were such rivals at our clubs, you know, Man United and Arsenal and Liverpool and whoever else. Mm. He said we were so obsessed with our rivalries that we just couldn't properly bond as a team. And he said, so there these was guys... sort of class, there was like groups in the, dress, in the dressing room. Yeah, yeah. But then you'll see videos, like there's that video of Harry Kane and Saka and he walks in, he walks yeah, into the like training ground and he goes, like oh, that. here he is. It's No rivalries here, it's my brother. Like, And it's just like, oh, that's so nice. Is it? Um, I think, yeah, because... and well, I, think I, that's I must it. have been the only one watching this going, I want us to win, but I want Saka mm. to have a horrendous game. <laughs> no one no, else felt that. No. When every time I did something good, I'm like, oh, go all right, go on then. <laughs> nah, I, I, I think we need to we need to grow up out of that. 
No, uh, never. Uh, no, I get it. I get your point. I do. Like, but I think we need to grow up out of it. I think if if if, our, if we're going to win, if we're going to be, if you know, if England are going to win things, they have to be together, and I think we have to be together as well. Um. Yeah, I guess to a certain degree. I forgot what I was going to say. Love Arsenal. Uh, yeah, suck Arsenal off. Oh, I love them so much. Mm. Um, this will be grown up. Look at someone on their fucking extra inch audition, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm grown up. I'm above tribalism. <laughs> He's, what the is that extra inch? Are we, are we going to war with extra inch? No, I'm, I'm, mate. I'm, I'm just, I'm the chaos element, mate. I'll just say what you know. I'll just yeah. say what what's there to be said. Cause I'm edgy, you know. It's just what <laughs> yeah. I do. Oh, what are we gonna do? Like Jack, are you, are you guys like? Are you? Are we gonna be conservatives and you're gonna be the Lib Dems and you're gonna join up with us and then just do whatever we say? Maybe. Yeah. No, I might do that. Yeah, it's quite a good idea actually. Um, I can, yeah. I'll be the collector of Cameron. <laughs> Did you see uh, Jason Cundy last night? After for some reason, I just switched on. It came up on my YouTube recommends. So I was looking for, you know, England fans celebrating the goals. And uh, Sports Bar was on on TalkSport with Andy Goldstein. And they were having a discussion that Cundy was saying that no matter what, I would always choose a club trophy over England winning the Euros. Um, he, he, you know, he would take it, Chelsea winning anything. Than, and it would hurt so much more if... If the you know Chelsea lost or didn't or or, or won in a in a European competition, than it would ever would for England. And Goldstein was talking to him like he was mad, but that's reflective of most fans in it. Yeah, yeah. I'd say so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, like I'd probably take England winning Euros over Spurs, maybe winning like a Carabao Cup. Like I reckon, if I'm honest, just because it'd be like because you're out with all your mates and everything like that. But I mean. No. Same. Is, it, I, is that that edgy? I don't know. I don't like. I didn't think it was, but apparently no. it's so. So well and good when you're a Man United fan saying that. When you haven't fucking, if you're a Spurs fan, haven't won anything in decades, then uh, it's a little bit different, isn't it? But Man United have won the Champions League, so we can go. Yeah, well, well I'd prefer England to win it, but you've won, you've got everything already. Um, like, put it this way: when England went out the 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 World Cup 2018 in the semi-finals, I was gutted, but it was like Spurs losing. I don't know, sort of in the early rounds of the FA Cup sort of thing of like gutted and then you sort of <laughs> yeah, get over it. But like when we lost the Champions League final, yeah. I was I was done for like two years. I still am really. Do you know what I mean? Like it just... <laughs> like, but I was properly like, properly depressed after that, you know? It was horrible. Yeah, it is right. You're right. I mean, I... It is different. It's it completely is. different. Like when we went out in the semi-final, I didn't... I kind of, I was, I was pretty much over with it within like 15, 20 minutes, I think. I don't think I think, thought about it again. I just got on with it. Yeah, so that, that was a nice, that was a good summer, wasn't it? You know? Yeah, what a summer that was. I think I'd, I had just arrived in Portugal and was about to go to a festival, so maybe I had something <laughs> to look forward to. But um, yeah, no, it was really, uh, I love it. Well, I can, I can take all the good stuff out of it and I don't let the bad stuff affect me. So it's just perfect, really. Um. Just before we, I'm gonna just get your take on the England stuff, uh, the Spurs stuff, and the situation with our manager or not having a manager, as it seems. Before we do that, um, how far do we go? Do we get to the final? Is that the minimum expectation, or how cagey do we need to be, Cal? What do you expect? Um, I disappointed. You, know, you look, you look at the draw now, and it's it has opened up for us to get to a final. 
yes, the quarter, you know, we've got the next game, the quarterfinals in Rome, um, but Ukraine have just played extra time. They've just been kicked off the park. That was a fucking, that was a really, really yeah. naughty game yesterday. Brutal, yeah. wasn't it? They've got some, um, they've got some injuries, haven't they? They've picked up a few injuries as well, which is good. Yeah. Yeah. They've got a lot of injuries and, you know, and yeah, and like I said, they've just played extra time against Sweden. Uh, so really, you know, we were we were sat. Our players, you know, were you know were sat on the couch. Carl Walker got the escorts in, and everyone had a good time. While while you know Ukraine was getting kicked all over the place. Um, so we should beat Ukraine semi final. What's that? The other side? That's the Czechs and uh, Switzerland. We beat yeah. in Czech Republic in the group already when we was in third gear. So we should we should get to the final. I think that is a I think that is the bare minimum. That is the minimum really because and and it's basically a home tournament. That's the other point I wanted to make. No, it's yeah. it'll be it, it's it's Denmark, isn't it? Semi finals. Yes, thank you. Yes. Well, it's Which, in Denmark. No, no, it's it's that leg of against Denmark. Yeah, but I, I, I get it. Not not yeah 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 sorry not Switzerland yeah. I get it. Like, I get Denmark. You know they're they're all right and they they're quite good. But they, like... they've looked honestly. They've looked probably like the best team. I would say though mm, at the tournament. Very well yeah. Didn't but... what? Yeah, I suppose. And they've had that trauma as well, haven't they? Having to deal with Ericsson and whatnot, which couldn't have been easy. Um, this stuff can help in tournament football. You know, like it just. Yeah, sort of it Can brings do. them together. They work together. Uh, yeah, no, of course. I can understand it. And, and you know, it's a much more positive thing for it to have a positive thing rather than them all fall apart, which would have been horrendous. But um, still, it is like, I don't know, Man United playing Villa. It's that level. Or, or City, Liverpool playing Villa. Playing nine times out of ten, Liverpool beat Villa, right? Yeah. You know what, and it's kind of like you were saying as well earlier. Like it's just it's about it's about playing the game, isn't it? Not the occasion. And I think that's kind of the approach that Southgate seems to have taken all the way through the tournament. So there's nothing to suggest that we won't be doing that going forward. So just we should be we like touch wood. We should be in the final, shouldn't we? Really, like, and I don't think that's like English arrogance or anything. Like <laughs> no, no, no. We no. should get to the final. Yeah, 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 yeah. And if we came up against Italy, would you... I think we'd have them. I, I, I mate, think we'd have them. I think we're going to win it. I genuinely think we're going to win it. Yeah. I worry about Belgium. Mm. Nah, what? This is the other thing. Like, either Spurs have made a massive mistake and don't know how to coach defenders, or... or I don't know what the or is there. Maybe we <laughs> have made a massive mistake because Vertonghen looked really good. But it is still out of our old Vertonghen and Vermaelen. Yeah. And sure, I do, I do still think that though. After the year we've just had, thinking like, "How oh, far do we let Vatong go?" You know, <laughs> I've seen them at this tournament, just thinking like, mm, "Fuck's no. sake!" Yeah, I know what you mean, but he was broken, Vatongan, and you can never it look broken. Like, look, Vatongan. He doesn't look broken in the last few games. No, he doesn't. Minutes. But that's but this is my point. I'm getting to. Yeah. Look at Xhaka against France. Like Xhaka is fucking awful. Like he is a terrible, terrible footballer, and he just had this absolute worldie against that, France. He that's a great brilliant. example. Of one of Cal's very yeah. bold, grand statements. He does them all the time. Zaka, who's a pro, fucking pro, professional footballer and international, is a terrible, terrible footballer. He is. He's fucking yeah. shit. Pump standard. Fucking Pump standard. shit. 
I love it when we have a North London derby and I see him in the team. I'm like, yes, because he's so shit. And he's just <laughs> had an absolute worldie against France. Like... So you can't, he's, sort of, you, what, he, he, he's got that Aurea thing about him, hasn't he? Where like you can see him being like world class one day, and then just be like, "Oh, there he is." Do you know what I mean? In the next game, like you could you could just as easily see him in the game against Spain getting a red card. Do you know what I mean? After about fifteen minutes and getting mm. sent off, you know, it's, mm. that's generally what happens with a red card. Well, if, we did, if we if <coughs> if we did get Italy, um, you know, you look at that. Everyone was sort of talking them up and so they should because they were playing really nice attacking football they sort of slapped Turkey they beat Switzerland 3-0 which looks even more impressive than what the Swiss did to France mm. and then they beat a 10-man Wales 1-0 and then mm. were lucky to get past Austria yeah they just I think I, I, I'm i interested in who, who you guys are most scared of like I'm not scared of Italy like <laughs> they've just gone life yeah they've just gone life and death of a first time. Germany yeah. Especially if France had gone. Like, of everybody, France would have been our nemesis, wouldn't they? I think. Yeah. I think the Belgian, the Belgians are the best team. Like, I think yeah. they're the but ones... De Bruyne, they're the De, Bruyne and De Bruyne is out for the rest... He's missing the rest of the tournament, I think. Is he? Yeah, he went off injured, didn't he? He was like... No, I, they're saying that he might be... If, if they get through against Italy, that he might be fit for the semi-final. But yeah, but is he... Is he, like, will he be the same... Like he walked off and he was. This is where it says Eden Hazard and De Bruyne injury latest pair stay with the Belgian squad. Uh, Hazard and De Bruyne will stay with his squad, but neither is expected to be 100% fit for the quarter final against Italy. And that might suggest that he might come back. He didn't look happy. Let me talk! What? Let me talk! What's that? Kevin De Bruyne, don't you remember that? When he was he's, he's screaming at. Oh. Who is it? At Vincent <laughs> Company, I think. Let me talk! What was he saying? Let that. me talk. All oh, right. Why? What was the he, he was he was he was trying to argue for the referee as he was going off a, off the pitch. I think company was just like, look, leave it, Kev. And he started shouting at De Bruyne, but it came out really like shrill, you know. <laughs> so pink. <laughs> he is very very pink. He's very pink. But if them two aren't playing, we've got a great shout. It just feels like all the ducks are lying in a row for us a little mm. bit. I don't know. I don't know maybe not. We're obviously ready and willing to um, to witness the complete capitulation of our nation once again in an international tournament. Um, no, we but... don't need to see Piggy Hazard wheeling away again in celebration against I'm the I'm sick of seeing his massive, fat ass as well. I quite love him for that, though, as well. There's He's a bit like, of me that's been... like, yes, mate, go on. Did you um... do it for the fat boys? Go on. <laughs> and I don't mean. I mean, he's got a woman's ass. He's got like if that, his ass was on a woman's, you'd be like, all right, I see. It, but it's it's not. It's on a muscular man. It's very odd. Um, actually, fuck, is that problematic? Is that transphobic? I don't know. I'm sorry. I, I didn't mean it that way. If it is, um, uh, what? You're a disgrace. I am a disgrace. I apologise. <laughs> um, did you see that Ian Wright called an ass a bunda on BBC television the other day? <laughs> What? Sticks his big bunda into. I think he's talking about. Who's he talking about? Did you not know about this? It was, it was like no. no one picked. I don't think the rest of the panel, being kind of probably very middle class, sort of white, well, you know, yeah. good background, whatever, yeah. didn't understand what he said. But he was describing a player's ass as a bunda, right? And he uses his big bunda to back players off. <laughs> <laughs> well, funny. Um, uh, right, let's just. I just want to get your take on the. On the um, Tottenham manager situation because I can I I just um 
I cannot believe we still haven't got a manager. I cannot believe it. Like, whether you like Levy or not, whether he spends enough money, he always seemed to have a plan. There was always something in place should X, Y, and Z happen. We'll be in this position and this is how we're prepared for it. This is crazy to me. How, how do you feel about it, Jack? Uh, mate, like, it's... I mean, I'm, I'm sort of at that point now where I'm broken. I'm just like, I just want a manager. You know, like, even if it's Nuno, even if it's whoever, just I just want one now. Like, I was really like... I mean, to think... A couple of weeks ago, I was arguing about us maybe bringing in Conte. Oh, he's not going to be right for us. I don't think he's the right <laughs> fit for Tottenham. Do you know what I mean? And now I'm like, you fucking idiot. Like, looking back on that, <laughs> Anyone. that iteration of myself. Like, but now, I, do you know what? The, the, the bigger problem for me is is just, is Paratici. Like, it's just, it's again, it's another Levy thing where I think he's just been wowed by... Oh, that fellow will be good. He was he was at Juventus. Like, just just get him in. He'll sort it all out. He he knows like Mendes and all these people, and you know he 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 signed he signed you know Ronaldo for Juventus. Yeah, let's <laughs> let's fucking have this bloke without thinking about like the kind of the fact this guy's completely rooted in Syria and that he's not worked outside of the country before, and he does have this close-knit network of, like, people that are going to be perhaps not the right sort of cultural fit for Tottenham or for the Premier League. And it it just seems, again, like Levy's sort of been wowed by a label, if you like, and he's just hoping this will solve all the problems. But now we're sort of seeing already, like, the whole Fonseca thing. It seemed like we were going to get him in, and then we suddenly weren't because Gattuso came available and then Levy had to step in and already sort of clip Paratici's wings and you're just like this is a fucking it, it seems like a mess doesn't it like it, as much as we sort of don't know the full ins and outs a lot of what we're sort of going on is speculation brought about by people like Fabrizio Romano who's I'm, I'm gonna say he's having an absolute mare of a summer that bloke like <laughs> what, he's why why well he just seems to jump on anything doesn't he for his whole he sort of got lost to his whole here we go brand and has sort of like forgotten that the reason why people liked him ultimately is because sort of like how Ornstein has you know Ornstein always keeps his powder dry and when he drops something people generally know that it's it's legit and Fabrizio Romano always seemed to have a bit of an air of that about him, but now he's just sort of jumped on it for numbers, hasn't he? You know, he's he's gone the way of the Paul brothers. He's going to be boxing and all that next, isn't he? This you is know, the thing, isn't it? Look, people, eventually, people will turn on you, and that's what you've done. <laughs> so, I don't Maybe I've, I've, I'm, I'm calling out Paratici, I'm calling out Romano. Just get <laughs> Italy, get rid of them. We're going to beat them in the final. We're going to have them all. You've got to leave in, Europe. Pizza um, nonces. <laughs> the uh, <laughs> sorry. Uh, apparently he's come in. Paratici he hasn't even started his job yet. First of July is when he starts. Mm. Um, mm. and he's come in to sign uh, Nuno. Apparently that's hundred percent happening now. Yeah, that we've given up on everybody else, mm. and it's going to be Nuno Espirito Santo. And you know, full disclosure, I remember being so impressed with Wolves. Um, And when they came up and then when they came into the Premier League, it wasn't as the boring sort of functional Wolves that he he became. Mm. But he may have just run out of juice. He may have just thought, you know, I can't refresh this. And and I don't, perhaps I don't know how to do the job of of 
rebuilding walls and maybe you thought I've, I've had enough of fucking living in the black country horrible so if he, he, he probably just thought you know this the times times over and times done because a lot of people were lauding lauding him remember that when he came up a lot of people were saying this guy's fantastic it's amazing look what he's done for Wolves. look at the way they're playing and um mate a lot of then, people said he should have taken over from pochettino i wanted like, him to pochettino went yeah. I wanted, so, yeah, well, yeah. I mean, I, when it was it mooted that he was that, that Poch looked like he was going to Man United, um, I was like, "Well, Santos, the natural thing." And then a couple of seasons of sort of abject Premier League football. Um, bearing in mind, he keeps them in. And remember, they lost Jimenez. No one was saying how boring they was when they had Jimenez, and they lost mm. him to that horrible injury. And they didn't have they didn't have their number nine. Look how shit we were under under Mourinho when we didn't have Kane and Son. So he's quite he's quite animated on the sidelines as well. I'll give him that. I quite like that about him. You know, he's someone you can sort of you feel like you can rally behind, get behind because he sort of lives and breathes it. He feels it all, doesn't he? And yeah, that sort of visceral side of football is sort of what you want a bit, isn't it? You want that sort of because you know, even though he fucking winds me up, there is that bit of me when you see Klopp and you see his sort of like his relationship with the fans. You cannot help but have that bit of jealousy about it. You know, just just being honest. Yeah, I, 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 I appreciate it. I just wouldn't swap it though. Not, not in a million years. Not for, not to become Liverpool and then have. I mean, he's just. I hate Klopp. I hate him so much. But I get it. Yeah. Having someone who's connected to your football club. Um, just a quick one on that <clears throat> uh, Fonseca thing. So I think at the time we were all just resigned. All right, it's Fonseca. Let's just get on with it. But speaking to a couple Italian bloke and he, a mate of mine, he says. Um, he said, like, out of the two, the reputation of Gattuso is better than Fonteca's. But the idea of Gattuso just seemed like a bit of a sort of angry little joke. Mm. <laughs> he didn't seem like, feel, <laughs> didn't seem like a he real He looks like a literal joke. goblin, doesn't he? <laughs> he does. Like, when you think of Gattuso, you just think, oh, wow, this is just like, it's like, it's like Maradona was a manager. It's like that. Yeah. Like, and, and Maradona used to manage, you know, the national team and stuff. So it feels like that. But, but it, it apparently is like, it has legitimate credibility as a manager in, in Italy um, and would have been a better coach at Tottenham than uh, Fonseca according to my mate who's a Napoli fan who has just got rid of um, has just got rid of Catuso. Uh, anyway um, Cal have you got any thoughts on it? I just... Nah I think I think you guys have nailed it really it has been really really embarrassing that we've not been able to you know you sack a guy like Jose Marino you think you would have somebody lined up if not, why not just leave him until the end of the money, season? Money in it—that would be yeah. it has to be money. That would be the only reason. Yeah, he would not fall out. Yeah, no, no, and it's yeah. Like you're right because of the position we were in. I, I believe that clause about there was that rumor going around that if we sacked him when we, when we were eighth, we have to pay him this much. If we were fourth, we have to pay him this much. Like I believe that that's such a leafy thing. Is, is, think... is, that, is that that rumor of that WhatsApp message, Cal? <laughs> yeah, it's that rumour that I just typed out on my phone a minute ago. <laughs> Jose Mourinho's going to lead the football club and expose Daniel Levy for the cunt that he is. Verbatim. <laughs> word for word. <laughs> Source from within the club. That was so good. Oh, dear. Expose Daniel Levy. Like that. that was... the, the geezer writing it's so angry and he's just like, yeah. oh, this would be good. This would, this would put the cat amongst the pigeons. But he just can't <laughs> let his anger not come through. <laughs> Yeah. Proper red faces. He's typing it with his big, like, red thumbs. Expose Daniel Levy for the cunt that he is. <laughs> Harry, leave the football club 
I'm going to expose Daniel Levy for the cunt that he is. <laughs> Jose Mourinho would never say that. It's not even in his vernacular. It's not. It, it, uh, only English men use that phrase. Yeah. <laughs> for the cunt uh, that he is. Yeah, Fucking brilliant. Uh, um, love it. Yeah. But I, I wonder what the reaction is going to be like when. Um, when fans return, and I'm not sure that Daniel Levy fully appreciates the uh, um, the ill feeling that's been created. I think he's going to be surprised, and I think it's going to be quite vocal. Unless he pulls something out of the bag, like Nuno comes, Harry Kane signs a new contract, we buy f- three or four players that we need, then he's going to get the grace period he deserves because he's done his job. But right now, it just seems rudderless, confusing, it's embarrassing. Um, you know, if this if Arsenal were in this situation, I'd be rubbing my hands together. I haven't had a manager. What are they doing over there? Now, just, we look like the, the, you know, the stadium, all the goodwill from the stadium is gone. That's done. Training ground, can't say that anymore. Bored us talking about how good our training ground is. Yeah. That was about eight years ago anyway. Mm. Now it's like, what's going to happen on the pitch? And the minute, the minute we, we're confronted with an issue, it's like, what? What's happening? Where's it, what's this inactivity? It's the first time that I've truly, truly just thought, fucking, I can't stand Daniel Levy right now. I can't stand yeah. him. I mean, you, you can imagine, right, if we if we go into the next season, because we've had the Euros, which has already dis- disrupted everything. We've had this sort of prolonged manager search. If we go into next season against Manchester City and we see <laughs> the same old story where we see it's Sanchez or Dyer makes an error because they're still playing, because they're still playing alongside Toby Alderweireld. We still don't have a proper right back and we end up losing 2-3 to Man City. Like you say, it's going to be it's going to be horrible in there. The atmosphere will be, you know, it won't be good. Yeah. I felt like the, the Levy out kind of protests and stuff were a bit, they're a bit half-hearted. I think people didn't really know didn't really know what they stood for um and and i think because we're, we've been spoiled as a football club we've been playing champions league football we've been playing in europe for the last like eight ten years but i think if like you said jack if if we don't sort out this squad and get in a new right back two new center backs and maybe a central midfielder and we get pumped two or three by city it's going to be toxic and then you're going to see a proper a proper movement um yeah, yeah, you are because it it's it's a mess right now. It, and and the thing is, is there's one thing being expectant, but we should be able to expect to have a fucking a manager. Like that's the bare <laughs> of, minimum. Of course, I mean, there's so much. Sunday league teams have give. a manager. Everyone, you know, you don't you can't exist without one of them. No. And how much time are they? If if the players come back into pre-season training. Even if it doesn't impact him, the message that sends is disgraceful. Imagine Dombele walking back through the training room doors and Ryan Mason's there again. Just, yeah. Brian, do you mind meeting the players because we haven't got a manager yet? Uh, yeah, okay, boss, yeah, I'll do that. He's yeah. just, he's just, he's he's relied on the sort of, I, honestly, he's relied on like the goodwill and the hope as Tottenham fans for too long now and I think there will be a breaking point. I think, you can you can have a level of understanding that COVID has affected businesses, has affected the club mm. in a sort of unique way. But at the same time, lockdown, COVID, it's affected us all. Like the tickets aren't getting any cheaper. You know, it's mm. there's there's only so far that understanding will go. You know, if you're charging the most expensive 
prices in the country for a team that still doesn't have a manager and apparently doesn't even have a transfer budget. I mean, there's always going to be a breaking point, I think. And yeah, people aren't going to just put up with it forever. I don't, I don't really buy this whole idea that if you get pissed off, there'll be someone else to take your seat because I don't think Tottenham, are, we're still not that kind of, we're sort of aspirational as a top club, but we're still not quite there yet. Where a team like United can get away with sitting mid-table for the best part of a decade, you know? Yeah, because they're, they're, they're already entrenched as that super club. Um, the thing is, is uh, that what? Yeah, you might have a point there, Jack. Right? Because they, they they were offering my dad a season ticket, and he fucked up his membership and lost his place on the season ticket, and he was down to like fifty thousand, something like that, right? Mm. And they off, they got offered a season ticket this year. They're offering people uh, with uh, placed fifty thousandth in the list season tickets, which suggests that they're um, people are not taking them up. And why should we? Like, why would we now? And there's one. And the thing is, is we're all still support Spurs, and we'll all always follow them. And without a doubt, without a shadow of a doubt, they'll always, always be my club. But the club, the that what will always be me and what I, fo- I follow is what you feel about Spurs, Jack, and what you feel, Cal, and what all of my mates feel about Spurs. That's Tottenham. That Our relationship together and what we want for the club and what we want to happen on the pitch is Tottenham. The people that own the club are the ones that are asking for money. So it's not... You're not being less of a fan if you're saying, Do you know what, I'm not... I can't buy a season ticket. I can't buy the most expensive season ticket in Europe because we haven't had a manager for two months. That's... And to get a request for the most expensive ticket, say, yeah, here's a ticket. By the way, we want two grand or whatever it might be. But we also, um, you know, we don't have a manager, by the way, still. Like, no, no wonder people are not buying it. Um, but we'll see. It's fucking infuriating, embarrassing shit. But I'll be back. I'll be there waiting for... Uh, the thought that we got Man City the first game as well, I was like, oh, for fuck's sake. Don't even have a manager. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, <laughs> it's the last thing you wanted, isn't it? Yeah. New right. season's coming along. They said they they said they'd be here wearing a. Oh, f- uh, <laughs> imagine and Ryan Mason with... leading us out against Man City on the first day of the season. Yeah, yeah. It's it's. But do you know what? You know this podcast has always been you know the positive podcast. We don't want to be too kind of negative. And from tomorrow, we could hire a manager. We could start to, you know, from tomorrow when this, the when the director of football takes over, we could start refreshing the squad, get Aurier out, get get a couple of get a couple of defenders in, and we could go into the opening day of the season with a bit of positivity. Yeah, and 100%. it won't take long for us to turn it around. If no. if there is a plan, then it won't yeah. take long for us to turn it around. And if we just tell Harry Kane, you're staying here another year, make peace with it. Um, we, you never know. We, we could go to I, that. We have polished some, polished some proper turns on this podcast. We've happy clapped our way through ten years. We happy clapped our way through Sherwood, right? So I get it. We've got, we've got, we've got um, previous for fucking looking at the most positive thing. But you can't polish a manager that doesn't exist. Mm. <laughs> so you're right. As soon as he comes in, um, and uh, there seems to be some plan, then hundred percent we'll get back on board. But it just there's no news comes out of the club. You don't know what's happening. You're hearing constant rumours. It's draining. You don't believe any of it. And uh, we just need to play a manager in there. And it's actually come to the point now where somehow we're going, it can be anyone. 
just anyone let's just stop this mm. and that's like that's a dangerous situation to be I say yeah, that Gerard Nuno you just like go on whatever if, if you have to choose between Gerard and Nuno who do you choose I'd probably go Gerard you know I quite like yeah because it's a bit more unknown isn't there also, just what he's done at Rangers is, is really impressive, even though Scottish League's fucking, you know, it is what it is. But he has done yeah. a really good job of them and he's created a. He gets football, gets England. What he, you know, I think he'd speak in the right way, but the problem is the minute Klopp leaves Liverpool, he's he's going there, isn't he? So. Yeah. 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 Sky Sports wouldn't know what to do if Gerard became our manager oh, because they'd, they'd be like, oh, it's Gerard and we love him, Scouse Mafia. But it's like, oh, but Tottenham, we don't like them. They wouldn't know what to do with themselves. Jack, no. what 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 place do you think you would finish as manager with Rangers? <laughs> uh, I'd, I'd piss it, mate. I'd win the league. Yeah, you know, I yeah. just you know. Uh, no, I genuinely, I, I genuinely think you'd probably finish second. Like a, a complete novice would probably get Rangers to second in the Scottish League. Yeah, or maybe they'd, just, they'd have such a lack of respect for you that they wouldn't finish second. Maybe. Yeah. Do you know, if, it fills me with like massive. Anxiety, just thinking about having to do a team. Imagine having to lead a team talk, speaking to a load of fucking footballers, being like, "Go on, lads!" Like trying to inspire people that just would be looking at me, thinking, "You fucking fat bastard! Who are you to tell me what to do?" Like, this, this did, did you ever even? Yeah, I used to play down at goals when I was like in my twenties. Yeah, I was all right. You fucking waste of space. Yeah, like, like you're literally looking at you. They'll be looking yeah. at you going, "What?" There's, there's no way you could do it. You couldn't do it. You couldn't even no. blag it because after a while, you, you know, when you go on the training pit, like I don't know what they do for two hours. I have no idea. When they see you training and you see them all kicking balls in the goal and that, I'm sure there's some method to what's going on in the training pitch. It has to be right. What is yeah. it? What do they do? What do they do? If, for you, if two you think hours? about, if you think about the fact that even like when Capello was England manager, half of them just fucking coated him off to his yeah. face and mugged Post him off. Man I'm like, <laughs> yeah, what are they going to do to me? Like, <laughs> How long would you last then? That's a better question. How long do you reckon you'd be able to carry that, that, that job on for? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, it, it might be one of those catastrophic ones, isn't it? You remember like Santini who was here for like, what was he, about right. three weeks, wasn't he? Right. Yeah, and then he went he went to France and no one's ever heard of him again. I, I, I don't <laughs> even know if he's alive. I, th- I think he actually might have died. I'll just check I would get some massive Xboxer as my assistant. So if anyone gets gobby, he just smashes them to bits. What? Um, how long would you last? Though? I want to know. How many days would you keep, be able to keep your job? Uh, Quite stubborn. So I'd, yeah. I'd give it two. I'd give it a month. I reckon. Mm, uh, yeah, Jackson, two free games. Isn't dead. Good. Um, yeah. I mean, would you be one of them? I would. I'd probably just go. Look, I'm. I'm. Um, I'm not cut out for this. Daniel, I've, I've made a mistake. I know it's embarrassing. And he'd be like, you've been here two days. Like, I know, but it's not work, is it? <laughs> Look at me, I've got a dad bod. I can't talk to I can't talk to fucking Harry Kane. He's trying to convince him not to go to Man City and then you've appointed me. <laughs> what, what, what can I say to Harry Kane? Anyway. Let's go! Let's go! Right, that's it, boys. Thank you very much. Uh, it's been the Euros. I hope there may be another one. If we beat Ukraine, we'll do another one of these. We'll keep doing it till we won. Yes. Till we win. Uh, and then um, the fighting cock will uh, continue as normal when there's news to report of, um, which you know it looks like it's going to be new. No, so better talk about that, I suppose. But yeah, pretty pretty glum about Spurs at the moment. But never mind. Sun is out at the moment, so 
Can you make a loan? Bye, boys. All right, see you, man. It's the fight in. It's the fight in. Clock. It's the fight in. It's the fight in. Clock. A camel turn Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Look, my day job as a firefighter is tough, but my night job as a social media manager, my Persian cat Jinxie, that's intense. It's 8 p.m., I've finally gotten home from another 24-hour shift, and I just want to kick back with a cold one, but... Old Jinxie knocks my beer right off the counter and gives me that look that says, no drinking on the clock. But Heineken Zero Zero keeps us both happy. Zero alcohol, but just as refreshing. So I get my drink and I can still work on Jinxie's new line of merch. Heineken Zero Zero. 0.0% alcohol. Now you can. Must be 21 plus to purchase. Enjoy responsibly. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Sports Social Podcast Network.